Genesis chapter 9 this morning is we will, where we'll find our text as we're looking today again at sanctity of human life, how every life is important and every life is valuable. And we say that as Christians, but I also want us to see that from the scriptures this morning as we celebrate life and the gift that life is, as we celebrate uh, human life, which is the pinnacle of God's creation thing that uh, that he created last, the thing that, that he gave the most value in the way that it was created, and we're going to see that this morning. There are a few things that we do believe about life as Christian people. We do believe that life begins at conception. We do believe that God, as we heard Cooper read earlier, knits together every child in their mother's womb, that that is a life that is already valuable to God, but we also believe that every life is valuable to God all the way through all the days of their life, even when they're elderly, even whenever in their middle age days they stray, even when they're not where they're supposed to be, even if they are black or brown or red or white, whether they are American or another from another country, whether they speak English or another language, we believe that every single life is important and valuable to God. And I want us to see that this morning from the scriptures as well. So that's what we're going to look at in Genesis chapter 9. Let's look to see what is it that makes life so valuable. I'll begin reading in verse 1. It says, And God blessed Noah and his sons and said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. The fear of you and the dread of you shall be upon every beast of the earth and upon every bird of the heavens upon everything that creeps on the ground and all the fish of the sea. Into your hand they are delivered. Every moving thing that lives shall be food for you, and as I give you the green plant as I gave you the green plants, I give you everything. But you shall not eat flesh with its life, that is its blood. We see here in this text now just a little bit of context so that we know where we're at. This is the story it says in the beginning of verse 1 there that God blessed Noah and his sons, and that's who he's speaking to here. So this is happening. If you know the story of Noah, we most of us know at least somewhat about the great flood, so God sends the flood to judge the evil in the world. Noah and his family and some of every animal were saved on the ark, and now they've come off of the ark. And very soon after that is where we're picking up here in chapter 9. Very soon after all the evil has been wiped from the face of the earth, and Noah and his family and the animals are coming off of the ark, we see God saying these things to Noah. Now, in, this, in these first few verses, we see something that's really important for us, at least dietarily. We see uh, the first time that people are by God given the authority to eat animals. And some of you are really excited about that part because some of you really like to eat meat. I should say some of us really like to eat meat. And we do see that very clearly here. He says in verse 3, Every moving thing that lives shall be food for you. And then he makes it even more clear that that isn't how it had always been because from the garden we had been given the authority to eat plants and all animals had been given the authority to eat plants but not animals. In the second part of verse 3, he says, And as I gave you the green plants, I give you everything. And so here we see that God makes it clear that we as people are allowed to eat the animals, that we are able to have meat as well as vegetables and fruits and those sort of things. And 
That makes some of us really excited this morning. Uh, Y'all are saying, I like where this sermon is going. But then he does give us one specific prohibition about how we are to eat meat in verse 4. He says, but you shall not eat flesh with its life, that is, its blood. And I'm not going to spend a lot of time about the dietary part of this. Might be a good question that somebody has to, to send to the pastor for question and answers that he's doing on Sunday night. But what I do want us to see is, it's kind of the reason that God would give this specific prohibition here. Now, there are a few things that I want to give you that help us to see the importance of this. Whenever he gives this, whenever he prohibits eating an animal with its blood in it, that is something that was unparalleled in all the other cultures in this time. And that helps, that helps us to see something standing out more than others. Whenever God gives a teaching that, that is unique, just for his people that's not found in all the other cultures of that time that the law was given it shows us that there's some specific reason there's something special about that thing that God has just said that makes it and and the way that this one is written when he says but you shall not it's there are two ways that you can tell somebody don't do something in Hebrew and this is the more demanding of those this is written in the same way that several of the Ten Commandments are written. It says, thou shalt not whatever. That's the same way that this is given. It's a very direct teaching. It's a very strong teaching. It's given, given as a permanent teaching. You shall not eat the animal with its life, that is, its blood. Point one this morning, the blood of all living things belongs to God. And we see in this not just specifically the blood, but we see the equating of the blood of an animal with its life. You shall not, verse 4, you shall not eat flesh with its life, that is its blood. And we see here in this teaching that whether it's a beast of the field or anything else that has been made, the authority over those things belongs to God. Those things belong to God. Animals belong to God. Plants belong to God. People belong to God. All of these things are His. He has the authority to tell you what to do with them. He has the authority to tell you what not to do with them. And He takes that authority. He wants that authority because everything that He created, He created with a purpose. Everything that He created was good when He created it. And so God now gets to choose, he gets to continue to choose what is done with every living thing. And we see here that even the life of the animals is important to God. Even the animals, not humans, but the animals that we see around us, they are important to God, which really helps set up what we're about to see in verses 5 and 6, where we're going to spend most of our time this morning. Look with me in verse 5. And for your lifeblood, I will require a reckoning. From every beast, I will require it, and from man. From his fellow man, I will require a reckoning for the life of man. Whoever sheds the blood of man, by man shall his blood be shed. For God made man in his own image. And in this, we see our main point for this morning. Point two, every human is important to God. Every, I want you to hear me say that, every human is important to God. Now, there aren't stipulations given here about which humans this extends to. 
He doesn't say, for Christians, I will require a reckoning for their life. He doesn't say, for good people, I will require a reckoning for their life. He doesn't say, for Americans only, I will require a reckoning for their life. He says, no. And for your, as he's speaking to Noah, he's speaking to all the humans that are on earth. He says, and for your lifeblood. And then in verse 6, it says, whoever sheds the blood of man, of a man, of any man, by man shall his blood be shed. And in this we see God clearly telling us that every human is important to him. And yes, I know that some of you will hear something sometimes and you get sidetracked. And some of you right now are wondering, did he really just read and say that not only for humans but for beasts as well, that if an animal kills a human, that it should be put to death? Yes, it does say that in verse 5. And for your lifeblood, I will require a reckoning. From every beast, I will require it. And from man. Yes, it says it. If you're interested in that, please don't get sidetracked this morning. Write this down and then decide you're going to go look at it later, not right now. Okay? We all make that deal with me? Go look at this later, not right now. Exodus 21, 28. Exodus 21, 28. It talks about if an ox gores a man that that to death, that that ox should be stoned to death. So yes, that is, but that's not what I want us to focus on. So let's get back on point right here. What are we looking at this morning? We're looking at this truth that every human life is important to God, and this text shows that very clearly to us. And it shows it to us in more ways than one. The scriptures are clear about the value of people's life to God. So one, we see it here in this fact, that you and every human alive is so important to God that if someone or if some animal were to kill you, that he requires that their life be taken as payment for the fact that they killed you. If they murder you, that they, but by man, that their blood should be shed as well. So we see our value in what God requires whenever someone takes the life of a human being. That's one of the ways that we see it here. We also see and what we've already read, the value of humans to God in the fact that he has made us to be over everything else. He has given us rule and dominion over everything else on earth. In Genesis chapter 1, that's very clear. It's made very clear that he gives the human being dominion over all the plants and dominion over all the animals. And here in this text, we've already seen that he even gives us the ability to eat all of the plants and to eat all of the animals so that we'll have the strength that we need to live. We are so important to God that he allows us to have rule over everything else that he has made. We're valuable. We are important. We are special to him. We also heard Cooper reading from Psalm 139 earlier reminding us that we're so important to God that he, for every single one of us, took time to knit us together in our mother's womb, to have written down and planned out all the days of our life. Every single one of us, he did that for us. Before we were ever being formed, he had seen us and he knew us. You and every human made is valuable to God. In Genesis chapter 1, verse 31, we also read this, just after God makes humans. And God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. So God, whenever speaking about us, after our being made and all the other things, declares that we and the other things that he had made was very good. We are valuable. We are important. We are special to God. And this morning, I pray that you understand that and that you hear that. But a question comes up 
when we say that. When I tell you that you are special and valuable, and, and this makes it clear, I've given you reasons that tell you that you are valuable, they show you clearly that you're valuable to God, but the question still comes up, why? Why is it that every human is so valuable to God? Because some of you, some of you might feel like you're not really valuable. Some of you may be here this morning and you feel like you're not worthy of being special and important to God. And let's be honest, there are some people that aren't here this morning that we know that we don't think should be special or valuable. If we're honest and being vulnerable this morning, you and I have run into people and either the way they've treated us or the decisions they made in their life or something about them has made us feel like they're not as important as we are, that they're not as valuable as we are. And so this morning when I stand here and tell you that those people, that those people in the prisons, that those people on the streets, that those people in other countries, that those people uh, that think themselves too good to be here this morning, that they also are valuable and important and special to God. You might ask the question, why? Why are they valuable as well? What does God want with people like that? And some of you ask, what does God want with people like me? Why am I special? He shows us here in this text. Look again in verse 6. Whoever sheds the blood of man, by man shall his blood be shed. For God made man in his own image. And in that we see where our value comes from. For God made man in his own image. Point three. All humans carry the image of Almighty God. Every human being has been marked and carries the image of Almighty God. They were made in His likeness. Turn back just a few pages to Genesis chapter 1. I want you to see it from the creation account. In Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 and 27 say this, Then God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness. As he's speaking, him, the Holy Spirit, and Jesus Christ being the only ones that were living at the time. Let us make man in our image, after our likeness. And let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the heavens, and over the livestock, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created Brothers and sisters, I want us to be reminded this morning. I wanted you to see it in Scripture. Look, I'm not going into some deep, profound truth past this that you may think that you've, that you've never heard and that your mind's going to be blown. I want you to hear this this morning. I want this to sink in. On Sanctity of Life Sunday, as we celebrate and, and talk about the value of every human life, but more than anything else, this is what I want you to leave here being reminded this morning, that every person, every baby and every womb of every mother, that every elderly person in every assisted living home all across the world, that every person in Africa and Asia and China and that all of the other places in this world, that every American, that every co-worker that you don't like, that every relative that you have that's addicted to some sort of drug, that every single one of them bears the image of Almighty God. They were made by Him specially and important in His likeness, and to Him they are valuable. To Him you 
are valuable. I want to ask you to do something this morning. And if you're a guest with us, you may think that I'm crazy. You may already think that I'm crazy. If you're a, a, a member, you may think that I'm crazy. Uh, right, Brother Don? Yeah, at least a few people do. But I want to ask you to do something this morning. Because sometimes I'd like for us to share a little bit of testimony during the service. Sometimes I would like to say something, and some of y'all get so excited and, and feel like you can represent that idea so much that you would say amen, and I know y'all don't like to do that too much. So I'm going to ask you to do something else this morning. If you're here in this sanctuary, and you feel like you are important and valuable to God, I want you to stand up this morning. Now, here's what I want you to know this morning. Here's what I want you to hear. That you're not stand, I, I pray that you're not just standing up because you knew everybody else was going to stand up and you're going to look funny if you stayed sitting down. No, I pray this morning that you were standing up because you were saying, and I pray that, look around. I pray that you see these other brothers and sisters around you. I pray that you realize that some of them are short and some of them are tall and some of them are young and some of them are old, but those things don't matter because that's not what gives us our value. Being Americans is not what gives us our value. Being a Democrat or a Republican, being rich or poor, does not give you value. The fact that you were made by God, important to God with His image and His likeness, gives you value if you don't have any of those other things. And this morning, I'm thankful to see that you understand that you are important to God. Y'all can sit down. Thank you so much for being willing to share that this morning. This morning... One other thing that I do want to make sure that I'm clear about, because some of you would think, well, if someone has sinned, if someone has done certain things, then they're probably not still valuable to God. If somebody has taken part in things that they shouldn't have to, that they have probably lost that image and likeness of God. But I want you to understand that right here, we're in Genesis chapter 9. We're not in Genesis 1 and we're not in Genesis 2. We are not before the fall of man. We are after the fall of man. God is here speaking to Noah and his sons, people that are not absolutely perfect and as God is in every way. We're talking about people that have done things that they shouldn't have done. And God says to them, for God made man in his own image. And he gives this text saying that still today, that man is made in God's image after the fall, after sin has entered the world, after people have done things that they shouldn't have, man still bears the image of God. And after the fall is when God gives the declaration that anybody that kills another man, that his life should be taken. Why? Because men bear the image of God. Just because you've done something that you shouldn't have does not mean that you are no longer valuable or important to God. It does not take away your meaning in God's presence. It simply means that you need to be saved from your sins. And in that, we see the very last thing that I want to give you that shows the value of every person to God, that God sent His Son in the hopes that every person that ever lives would hear the gospel message, that every person on the face of this earth, He's told us to go and make disciples of all nations, we're told to carry the gospel to the ends of the earth, everywhere across the earth, every person, God wants them to hear the message that His Son came to this earth and died on a cross for their sins, so that if they would come and have faith in Him, that they would be saved. We see the importance of people, of all people, of us and everyone else, and the fact that God sent His Son to die on a cross in our place, that we could be saved from our sins. Even when we've done things that we shouldn't have done, even after we have walked down those roads that we shouldn't have walked down, 
Christ knew that that was going to happen. He knew what you were going to do, and he went to the cross anyways. We see God's vow, our value to God and that he gave us his image and that he gave us his likeness, but we also see our value to God in the fact that he gave us his son, that we could be saved from our sins. Brothers and sisters, I pray this morning that you don't leave here and the main thing that you remember about this message is that this was the one message whenever everybody at Mount Zion stood up. I pray that you don't leave here wanting to go talk to some vegetarian friend and show them in the Bible where it's okay that they can eat meat. I pray that what you leave here this morning understanding is that you are important to God. That you are valuable to the creator of everything. That he put you together in your mother's womb that he knew every one of your days that he had recorded them and that for those of us that are Christians he even had good works prepared for us to walk in Paul tells the Ephesians I pray today that you that you understand this and that you grasp this and that it's important to you that no matter what somebody says to you when somebody says you won't ever be worth anything that you understand that that's not true because to God you are already valuable. Whenever somebody says that you won't ever amount to anything in this world, that nobody will ever care about you, that you understand that that person is lying to you because God's word tells you different. You are important to God. You are valuable to God. He thinks enough of you that he gave you his image and his likeness and his son but the other thing there's only one other thing that I really have prayed that you would leave here remembering this morning one is that you are valuable to God but two is that everybody else is as well because sometimes it's easy for us to remember that we're important right be honest this morning some of y'all think that you're important right some of us think that we're valuable but sometimes we forget that everybody else is valuable as well God didn't just make you in his own image it does not say in Genesis 1, 26 and 27, that God speaking to Jesus and the Holy Spirit says, let us make Zach in our own image and only Zach. Or let us make you in our likeness and only, you know, it says that he makes man and woman. He makes all people, all human beings. He gives them his image and his likeness. He shows their value to him. He sent his son for all of the people, not just for me not just for you. I pray this morning that we would understand this, that if every human being is important and valuable to God, that they should be important and valuable to us as well. That we should treat them in a way that makes them feel important and valuable. That we would serve all people, that we would care for all people, and that we would show them the greatest love that we could show them in sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ with them. Brothers and sisters, if there are people in your life that you have treated like they're not valuable, I pray today that you would repent of that. If there are people in your life that you feel are not as important as you are, I pray that you would remember today that you don't get your importance because of your job title. That you don't get your value because of your bank account. That you're not special just because you're a member of Mount Zion Baptist Church. But the thing that gives you your inherent value is God, and he has given you his likeness and his image and his son, but he's done it for those people that you don't think are important as well. And I pray today that if we have forgotten that, that people that look like me, that are my skin color, 
people that sound like me that speak English, people that smell like me and dress like me and all of those things, that they're not more valuable because of that. That if they had a different skin color, if they dressed a different way, if they lived in a different place, if they sounded differently, that they would still be valuable. That it doesn't matter your age. Some of us think we're important because of our age and we're right in our prime. But if you were a, a helpless baby or if you were an unhelpless elderly person, that you're still valuable. That if you've done wrong and you have a felony on your account, if you have been to places that you shouldn't have and you have lied, if you are prideful, if you are an independent or a Democrat or Republican, that none of those things matter whenever it comes to your value to God. This morning, I don't know which of these you're struggling with. I know that there are some people here. I trust fully that there are some of you here today that need to hear this because you didn't think you were valuable. And I pray today that you're reminded that you are, that God loves you, that God sent his son, that if you would come and repent of your sins, that he would give you his forgiveness. I also pray that if you're here this morning and you're in another category that I think there are probably more of us in, and you do remember your value, but you forget everybody else's. I pray that you would repent of that. That you wouldn't put categories and lists of people, of how important they are. But that you would share the gospel with everyone, that you would serve everyone, and that you would be thoughtful, caring, and compassionate to everyone. I want to invite you to stand this morning. We're going to have a time of public response, and if you're here and you have questions about your value to God, I pray that you'd come and ask me about those. If you're here and, and there's something that you need to repent of this morning, I pray that you'd do that. If you're here and you want to respond to Jesus Christ and to ask for his salvation for the first time and you need somebody to help you just walk through that process, I would cherish the opportunity to do that. If you're here and you need to pray, these altars are open, and I pray that you would come. Where you all pray, come down here and pray. Let me pray with you. But if there's something that you need to do this morning, I pray that you do it as Brother Shane leads us in a hymn of invitation. Mm -hmm.